The DeFalco Files is an entertainment-based program. Some memories of certain events might be fuzzy. All opinions are that of the host. Content might not be appropriate for children and some adults. Listener discretion is advised. And remember, the truth is here. Vegas Bad Boys of Podcasting presents The DeFalco Files with FSW owner Joe DeFalco and your host, Matt Michaels. Hey everybody, it's Matt Michaels here on The DeFalco Files with the owner and creator of FSW, the future stars of wrestling here in Las Vegas, Mr. Joe DeFalco. Joe, how you doing? Doing good. I'm, I'm. I'm. My spoiler alert. I'm wearing my Michael Vick Eagles jersey, and despite the fact that I'm a big Kansas City Chief fan, I love the Buffalo Bills, but I just think the Eagles are the better team, and uh, that's where my money is going to be wagered on uh, on Sunday. So I'm gonna I'm gonna wear the winning team shirt today, being I don't have a Kansas City Chiefs Mahomes shirt. Which I should have in Mahomes jersey because, in my opinion, uh, he will go down as the greatest of all time. So, wow, that's a big statement. He's yeah. what six rings behind Brady, so he's got a lot six of work rings to do. behind five. You know, championship games in a row. He's been in two Super Bowls. Yeah, you know, he he just performs at a different level than than anybody. Yeah. You know, so uh, as much as I like Josh Allen and I thought the Bills had that window, you know, Kansas City, great coach, great quarterback. They lost one of the best receivers in football and then Mahomes didn't miss a beat. So does does Kansas City's defense, uh, do you think that they just can't stop Hurts? I don't think it's they can't stop them, but I think the Eagles' defense is definitely capable of making a couple of key stops that is is going to make that game what it is. You know, yeah. we saw it last year with the Bengals that their defense was stronger, and, you know, it's easy for an incomplete pass. He gets rushed a little. He gets pressured. And, you know, both are mobile, but the ankle is going to be a big deal with Mahomes, Jalen Hurts. You know, you look at the Eagles record, he missed a few games and they didn't win those games. So Jalen Hurts is, you know, this is his this is his chance to shine. And, yeah. you know, I expect a really good game, but I I, I don't know what's going to happen. I I think you got to lay the one and a half points with the Eagles just because they're healthier and they've been the best team in football all year. So, and and now the guy on the other side who who's the best quarterback is pretty banged up with his ankle and he got by in the Cincinnati game. And again, I wasn't the biggest Cincinnati fan. And for two years in a row, they got to that championship game, but yeah, I'm looking at the Eagles. Well, there you have it. <clears throat> There's our uh, our Super Bowl preview for uh, Sunday. Make those bets now. Uh, Joe is not even taking a percentage of uh, That's right. 
of the cut here. So um, hopefully uh, everyone listens to Joe and wins. If not, um, you'll uh, you'll have a couple people knocking on your door, Joe. That's what I'm saying. You know, it's okay um, when you win, nobody remembers, and when you lose, you know, everybody uh, everybody's blaming you. So. Well, you know, speaking of winning and nobody remembering, uh, there was a guy who won a heavyweight championship for you guys, Mr. Ice Williams, who was here last week. And uh, uh, what do you mean nobody remembers? Everybody remembers. He makes you remember. Well, that's what I'm. That's what I was going to say. There's going to be a huge memory uh, celebration here coming up uh, uh, tonight. This airs, uh, you know, Friday, so it's going to be tonight. Uh, at the FSW Arena, what can fans expect from uh, the faction? And now that they have a cash in the case, tag team titles, and the heavyweight championship, uh, sky's the limit. When they had nothing, they they were they were preaching how great they were. When they didn't have any championships and any caches in the cases, and how they were the most overlooked, you know, group in professional wrestling. And they were the greatest group in professional wrestling, even though they had got nothing in terms of championships. So I'm pretty sure there's going to be a lot of bragging. Uh, you know, I'm going to have to tell Spider to keep his hand on the, uh, the microphone volume because we may have to shut it off because, you know, it's kind of like an Academy Awards speech. You know, you'd say, hey, you know, guys, I know you're coming out for the celebration. We got a big show in store. We got the Jay Vidal Wall of Fame ceremony. Uh, we got Chris Bay against the young prodigy, Bodie. So, you know, you got 10 minutes. Get it done. You know, and then all of a sudden there's 14 minutes in and, and Spider's not cutting their mic. You know, and I got to go run into the office as usual and be like, what the fuck is going on? And I got to, you know, people on the outside like, who is this fucking maniac going crazy? Well, there's reasons for it. So, you know, we got a show to run. You know, I think that brings up a good point. Uh, I think it's time you put a camera in the production office and you know, did a live stream of the behind the scenes of the show. <laughs> that's where the money's at. Yeah, that's yeah, absolutely, man. There's there's your Patreon right there. Just you know, ten bucks a shot <laughs> to watch what goes on in the office. Yeah, you know, every five minutes, my kid's head will pop up from his uh, NFT collection to complain about something somebody did, and then go back to making his trades. Oh man, uh, I mean, you, you have a couple personalities in there. Ash is definitely a great personality. Um, you know, between him and Spider, I think that you know, then throw Joey in. You got you got a little show going on there. I, I'd pay to Hell see yeah. that. I'll tell you. Um, you know, you just uh, talked about Jay Vidal. Uh, what can the fans expect with uh, the unveiling of the banner? Well, Jay Vidal, you know, was a guy who had trained with Gangrel, came to Vegas, and exploded. You know, we, we saw his strengths, we saw his weaknesses, and uh, 
he marketably improved. He was in a tag team. Uh, his tag partner decided to hang it up, and Jay Vidal got some opportunities and took big advantage of it. And within a year, you know, he became a hot commodity. And, uh, you know, like to think FSW once again was very integral in Jay Vidal getting seen on impact when we were in town, when they were in town, uh, he got that opportunity and they saw a little, and then uh, they came back and they used him again because people in the office uh, were impressed and, and, and liked him and, and saw some potential. And then by the next go around, he was in Florida and they used him again and decided that they were going to make the move. And they, they signed him to a, a, I believe a two year contract. So, you know, it, it's another notch in the belt of a, an FSW student, an FSW wrestler. You know, he now joins Chris Bay in, in Impact, and we got him everywhere. You know, we got Zoe in NXT, and we got Cross and, and Solo Sokoa, not counting guys like LA Knight and Brian Cage in AEW and Hammerstone as the MLW champion. So, you know, it, it's a big moment for us, you know. We're, we're always looking because the ultimate goal of everybody should be if your goal is to be a professional wrestler, to be at the highest level possible. And, you know, we're in an extremely high level for what the independent scene is, but obviously the, the money, the contracts, you know, you get signed by these major companies, you're not trying to supplement your income you know, working as a, a doorman at a nightclub or a strip club to, to to make your living. Now you're making your living in something you supposedly love, and that's professional wrestling. And now Jay Vidal's taken the first step. Me personally, you know, he's come in and he is a second. He is the manager valet for Giselle Shaw. And right. you got to get your foot in the door. Now, me looking in at it is like, man, this guy's so much better. Right. And he's not getting those opportunities, but you can't get up those opportunities if you're not there. So now he's there and now he's got to show them with his work ethic. Uh, X division. Do you think when you think of uh, when you think of what Chris Bay went through when he first uh, signed with Impact Wrestling, uh, is there somewhat of a similarity in terms of that growing process? Because you know things weren't just handed to Chris when he started off, and um, it took him a while to get that momentum and get the reputation in the company. Is that a fair comparison to what Jay has to go through to kind of get to the level where Chris is at? Well, honestly, I think it's a little different because when Chris got opportunities, you know, he got put in a match with Daga that literally was a 15-minute back-and-forth match that they gave Chris Bay the opportunity to shine in that match. I remember when he first came in, I had pitched actually Chris Bay and Damian Drake 
uh, to wrestle the Rascals because Sanjay was in charge. And they had put the match together, I had heard. And Sanjay kind of squashed it all. And I didn't understand, but then later I understood. I didn't realize this was the Rascals' first appearance on television for Impact Wrestling. And wrestling two guys that were not contracted, they weren't going to make them go 50-50 because they were the new guys on the block, and that was that enhancement win. And they took out Damian Drake in the match, and they put in uh, Mike Seidel, Matt Seidel's brother, okay? And uh, all the cool things because Bay was already friendly with with Wentz and – at the time, uh, uh, Xavier. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Okay. And they put the match together. And then when they stepped in, it was like, no, 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 no. We got to do this. So I remember the match started out and Chris Bay came out. He did a couple cool things. Bing, bang, boom. He made the tag and that was pretty much it. Uh, Seidel got kind of destroyed and the rascals went on and won very handily, which is what they needed to do because they were building that tag team as, you know, the next up-and-coming tag teams. So then Chris Bay got put in the match with Daga, and it was like similar to when Lacey, Zoe Stark, wrestled Jordan Grace. And it was right. like, okay, I was sitting there, and we were the, uh, near the stage area but where – comes in and out and we were watching and then something happened and he was like yeah that this is it i'm like yeah you know gave her a little bit that was nice you know some big move off the top rope and then all of a sudden lacy kicked out at two and we were like oh interesting and then they gave her a little more and a little more and it was the same thing with bay that you were unsure who was winning the match by that time? Because they gave the the non-contracted talent a huge opportunity to get over. And at that point, like when it happened with Lacey, it was like, oh, yeah, they're probably going to sign her. Chris Bay, hey, they're probably going to sign him. And then it wasn't until Chris showed up on WWE main event that Impact pulled the trigger. Jay Vidal, on the other hand, you know, the first time he was there, I'm not sure exactly what it was. I was back in New York at that time. Uh, but the next one, they didn't utilize many of our guys at all, which was disappointing to us because from the initial times with, with Sanjay, FSW was all over the place on Impact TV. Uh, and then Jay Vidal got to wrestle Jonah, you know, now Bronson Reed back in WWE when he had just came in, and it was just a thumping. You know, Jay Vidal got beat down in 45 seconds. So it wasn't because of his wrestling and what he did on the show. They had already liked him. They utilized him as an enhancement talent, and then they moved forward. And right now, he isn't wrestling. All he is doing is coming out and, you know, the advisor or fashion, you know, guy or whatever he is for Giselle Shaw. But, again, down the line – that's usually the first step into getting into the into the matches. So hopefully sooner than later, you know, the rest of the world's going to see what we know Jay Vidal's capable of. Right. 
Um, and for the banner itself, is it true that uh, the picture was picked, handpicked by Jay personally, or was this a Joe DeFalco swerve on Jay and uh, he has no idea what he's going to see? No, he probably has no idea what he's going to see. Joey found the picture. I sent it to uh, Sing Sing Sign or Sign Sign Sing. I've been dealing with those guys for seven years, and I have no idea what their name is, you know. And it's one of the two. And needless to say, you know, he sent me a picture with the background. And, you know, every picture is strategically the same background. So right. we can't pull a red, white, and blue uh, you know, ropes in the background. We have to get a right. PNG, a clear figure. So it's just going to be a J by Dow picture, you know, more recent than when he was only 150 pounds, you know, <laughs> now that he's more, uh, you know, in, in way better shape and, and put on yeah. a lot of uh, muscle mass. So uh, Jay will join the likes of, you know, Eli Drake, uh, Brian Cage, Chris Bay, Karrion Cross, and Zoe Stark, and Solo Sokoa. So, you know, we're excited that Jay is what we consider a guy that we trained. He did have training, but he said so did Lacey. But their, their explosion on the indies was directly in time with them training with us. So... You know, as much as we love Brian Cage and, and Eli Drake and Hammerstone, we didn't train them. We, you know, we helped their growth. And early on in their careers, they, you know, worked for FSW for a long period of time. But it means a lot more when you know they were the guy that walked through the door and were the ones who gave them the, uh, the platform to, you know, try to get to that next level. Um, you mentioned, uh, that Bodie is going to get a little bit of a test on Friday to see, uh, how he handles a guy like Chris Bay, um, for someone who is as experienced as Bodie is, but as young as he still is wrestling someone like Chris Bay, is that something that could be, um, it could be something that might be a little bit of a, a struggle within yourself, uh, your own confidence uh, when you, you know, kind of maybe get nervous about wrestling someone as high profile as Chris. Um, do you think Bodie will show any signs of nerves or, um, you know, a little less experience uh, or is uh, Chris the kind of guy that a guy like, Bodie being 15 years old uh, could work and Chris could make him feel as comfortable as possible. Well, I, I think Bodie is extremely comfortable in these situations. The last time we saw Bodie, he wrestled uh, a guy who wrestled Kenny Omega on AEW Dark and Danny Limelight. Right. And Danny Limelight is, is, is far less nice than Chris Bay. You know, Chris Bay, when Bodie was starting in kids' class, Chris Bay helped cover some of the kids' classes. So I'm pretty sure Bodie looked at the success when he was 11 years old 
and 12 years old and 10 years old, seeing Chris Bay come into FSW and take off and become an impact star. So I'm pretty sure over the years, uh, Chris has probably, because both part of FSW, he's probably talked with Bodie on numerous occasions and, right. you know, helping him and, and telling him things that he may need to know. And yeah, this is a big test because Danny Limelight really didn't have respect or understanding who and what Bodie was. You know, Chris yeah. Bay has seen, you know, little Bodie become pretty big Bodie and, and, and watched as a kid who's 15 years old is far superior, superior to a good n number of other participants on our roster. And, right. you know, it's, it's not, Hey, he's good for a 15 year old. It's like, he's a good wrestler regardless where age doesn't matter. And there are certain things that, you know, Nick Wayne is a good wrestler. The fact that he's extremely young, you know, it's, it's weird for a lot of people, but I was reading about somebody, I'm not even sure who it was, but they were uh, from Mexico and guy was like, he's a 10 year veteran. And he was like 25 because he might, you know, his first match was 2012. I forgot who it was triple a guy or somebody. And, you know, in 2012, when he was 15, he made his debut and, sure. you know, he was wrestling in arena Mexico at 16 years old. And that's kind of a normalcy for the Mexican wrestlers and the luchadors. It's just right. very rare. And that's why the Billy Starks, the Nick Waynes, the, the Bodies, and you got a lot of these young cats, like, I'm going to let the cat out of the bag. We, we reached a deal with Future Legends Apparel. They've been our friends for a while. They've been sponsoring some things. And we got to talking. And on May 25th, uh, AEW weekend, I presented him with the idea because he has this beautiful belt. And it's called the Future Legends Championship. And I pitched to him with AEW weekend in town. We had the full tilt last year that we're going to be putting out the first ever uh, a Future Legends tournament. And the tournament's going to feature wrestlers all 25 and under. And we bandied about the names. Uh, Casey Navarro, he's young. He's a Future Legends apparel sponsorship person. Matt Vandegrift, sure. a JV, Jay Vidal, uh, Bodie, Billy Starks, Nick Wayne, uh, you know, Joey was scouring. I just made a random post on Twitter the other day ju just to get a little feeler out there. And I was like, hey, who's the best, uh, you know, under 25 talents around the United States? And once you weed through the same guy putting himself over who nobody's ever heard of, which, which is great, but that's not what I'm looking for. Right. I was making a post because I know there's a lot of fans out there who are going to say, hey, this person and that person and this one. Right. And through the travels, which we never realized, a guy like Jordan Oliver, he's only 23 years old. And, right. you know, he seems to have been around forever. Like, yep. so, you know, that's another name we're looking at. And we're trying to find, I believe, a 12-person tournament 
to crown the first ever Future Legends Championship, which is not going to be an FSW belt. It's going to be a belt that we're going to talk with different companies around the United States, and hopefully the winner of that championship will be able to defend that title. So Future Legends will sponsor it. Uh, you know, they do big things in the apparel. They, you know, Austin Theory, you know, right. was wearing it in NXT because he was a sponsored athlete. And they've already delved into that market and, you know, dealing with them. You know, we're both New York East Coast guys. So, you know, we have a way of talking to each other that people would probably on the outside look like it's kind of weird. But, you know, we have a good understanding. We get along. You know, he trusts me into believing that I'm trying to present the best thing we can do. And I hit him up with the idea. He loved it because... He already had this belt made, what, what he was going to do with it, wasn't sure, and it was on hold. But what I presented to him was something he genuinely liked. And now we're going on a search, and we're going to really start pumping that. And, you know, the Matt Vandergrifts, the Jay Vidal's, the Bodies, you know, those are probably three strong candidates to be in that tournament from FS, FSW. And then, like I said, you know, Billy Starks is 18, 19 years old. Nick Wayne's 17 years old. Bodie's 15 years old. That's what you want to market. You know, I'm reaching out to Jack Cartwheel. You know, he was he was really tough to get booked to begin with. And now all of a sudden, last month I see him, you know, posting all these pictures. He's in Japan. And now this week he's in Mexico. So here's yeah. a guy who's 21, 22 years old who's really – making a name for himself. And that's what we want. We want that next breakout star. We want to see, you know, I like to say who the next future star of wrestling is, but they want to say, Hey, who's the next future legend of this business. And because of our names, it makes it an easy fit. And it's something we're really excited about. You know, last year we did the show on the Thursday, AEW is going to be here again. So I'm pretty positive. Wednesday is going to be dynamite. Thursday night, we do this show. You know, Friday, we're talking with different companies, Booker T, Defy, you know, whether Black Label wants to come back again. Sammy, GCW is going to be here for sure. You know, they're already locking up that best slot, which is the Saturday night. And in San Antonio, doing his women's show. So we have so much on the plate that we already got big things happening in May. And that's all in regards to to the younger talent of the business. And then in March, we have the Mecca. And we've already got Johnny Mecca, John Morrison confirmed. Uh, We're looking at some AAA superstars. Sam Adonis is set. Uh, You know, TJP, uh, he won't be in Japan. You know, he messaged me a couple times. Hey, I'm available. Yo, yo, yo. It's like, I got the message, TJ, relax, we're, put, we're booking you, you know, so now it's just filling out the card with, yeah. you know, the best talent that we have. So March is a big month. May's going to be a huge month. June's the anniversary. That's going to be a big month. You know, we just came off, you know, one of our biggest shows, you know, in, in the last six or eight months. No Escape yeah. was, was probably... It, it, I have to look at all the numbers, but the numbers were similar to a Mecca show that had all these names while this one was way more locally based and it was the homegrown talent 
or guys like a Hammerstone who's been with us forever. So, right. you know, when you put on a spectacle, when you put on a big event, the fans will come and see our product. You know, you, as much as the Vegas market has become watered down with so many other uh, shows going on, you know, we're still standing strong. You know, when we're doing 500 plus uh, and we have three big steel cage matches and obviously Maserati and Viva Van goes viral because of the blood fest that was. And, you know, and and Viva's got this huge following that just keeps getting bigger and bigger. You know, we saw it with Lacey, you know, between Viva and Maz, you know, we're pretty sure one of those two is going to get signed by a major company very, very soon. So that's another, you know, notch, you know, in the in the FSW thing. Hey, there's another, you know, Viva may not have started with us, but her climb to the top included being part of FSW. And, you know, she's killing it right now. So you got that going for it. So, you know, there's there's so much going on. But coming out of No Escape, it's really intriguing having a conversation with Remy yesterday because – the difficult process is for the first time ever on the male side, every title is held by a heel. Right. So it's, as I stated before, I talked with ice about how the baby faces need to step up because they're going to get great opportunities and having conversations with a guy like Brett, the threat and, you know, looking, looking for some, some, Everybody wants a storyline. Let me tell you, everybody wants to be a part of a feud and and take it to another level and show what they can do. But it's like the problem becomes you have to focus mainly first off on the champions. Right. Where are we going with Ice Williams? Who are his opponents could be or should be? And the same thing with Fresco and Watson as the tag champions. Sharp's been in that place as the Nevada state champion for a while, and he's gone through a lot. And yeah. now we got Danny Limelight, and that is fresh. And, you know, I did kind of like a roster check and just to put everybody together. And, you know, I have Ice Williams, heavyweight champion. And here are the people that are the legitimate heavyweights that could go after Ice Williams, that makes a lot of sense. And, of course, you got Hammerstone, and you got the former champion Graves, and you got guys like Cody, and you got guys like Remy, and you got guys like Nick Xander, who comes off the biggest win of his career inside the steel cage, you know. And that's not counting a Juicy who just came back, or if a Tito Escondido or if Shogun and Hero, after losing the tag titles, maybe it's time for them to break out in the singles. So there's a lot of baby faces there. You got a guy like Clutch who's kind of a tweener in between. Then I made a separate list for the next championship, which are the similar guys, which is the Nevada State and the No Limits. Right. And now, all of a sudden, that list is 20-something long. You right. know? It's like, and a guy like Class who just come back. 
And as a heel, he's a former champion. I don't think he gives a shit who he wrestles. He right. wants to become a champion. So you got to keep your eyes on him. But then you got guys in that division, Matt Vandegrift, obviously Nevada State, no limits, get a tag partner. You know, there's a baby face. Ice Williams, here's a guy that is laying in wait. Does he want to go after Limelight again? You know, and then you got Bodie, who's a who who's a no limits guy. Uh, Jacob Austin Young, and then you got Remy and Cody. They kind of go back into that mix. But then you got the Primo Henios and the Devin Renos and the classes, and you know the list is endless. Uh, Jordan Oasis, you know, came off a big loss. So Damian Drake. So we have a four way match tomorrow, tonight, whatever you want to call it, but. On the outside, you say, oh, okay, you got Damian Drake, you got Jordan Oasis, you got Clutch, and lost offhand. Damian Drake, Jordan Oasis, Clutch, and one other guy. I can't even think of who it is. Off, trying to picture the flyer. That the guy, the guy who's penciled in to win. <laughs> Oasis. I guess I can look right here quickly on Facebook. <laughs> you know, there is so and many funny people. Is, there's so many people you can't remember everyone. I can't remember everyone. You know, so I gotta go to our Future Stars of Wrestling page on the Facebook and look it up and. And again, but the four guys are definitely oh, Brett the Threat. So there you go. So that is an extremely important match because whoever wins that match has to be taken seriously for a shot at one of the three singles titles. Right. Because Hammerstone. You know, he'll be back for the Mecca March 26th. Well, Ice Williams is not going to just rest on his laurels for three months. You know, he is going to be a fighting champion, whether he likes it or not. You know, he's got the championship and he's going to defend it. And now how many guys want to go after Ice? How many guys want to go after Limelight? And, you know, baby faces are in the best position but if a Brett the Threat wins, if an Oasis wins, I know Oasis lost to Vandegrift, but what does that say about him? And Jacob Austin Young already has a victory over Danny Limelight. So to yeah. me, it looks like a Jacob Austin Young is probably going to be penciled into something with, with Danny Limelight. But Gregory Sharp, we're doing what's called a Future Shock Battle Royal, a, a, a big pre-show match. That's going to happen, and it's going to have a lot of our younger talent from uh, the Jeffrey Excellences and Davion and Demir and even Sky High, who have a little more experience. But, you know, the winner of that match, Jimmy Jack returns, Ricky Tenacious, Brandon G. And the winner of that pre-show match 
will wrestle for the Nevada State Championship later that later that night. So that's going to be an opportunity for guys who've never gotten opportunities before for shot at a, a, a major singles championship in FSW. But we're also doing that because it, after no escape, Gregory Sharp had been involved with Damian Drake for four or five months. That is over. And now it's finding who is the next person to step in line to be deserving of challenging for the title. And the easiest way to do that is giving the young kids an opportunity and not wait to future shock because Sharp is a guy who wants to wrestle. And yeah. I have a show. Why wouldn't I want to have one of my best wrestlers on it? So, right. you know, but again, there's also going to be 20 guys who are going to, I get messages every day. Oh, I'd like to wrestle. Of course you would. Why wouldn't anybody want to wrestle one of the champions? Being a champion is a big right. fucking deal. So, you know, moving forward, we're, we're, we, we need to get things in place. And, you know, I haven't sat down with Shogun and Hero. Uh, they're wrestling TV, TBD versus Tito and Shay. You know, that, that, that's a big matchup. You yeah. know, TBD looking for that rematch, but they're stepping in against two of the best on the West Coast. That, you know, the bottom line was the match was really made before no escape. And despite the fact that it's not for the title, they still want the match because that's a big match for them. You know, sure. whatever reasons they may have lost the tag titles has nothing to do with their opportunity. You know, they, I saw a quote in, you know, with Sami Zayn, and it's like, yeah, I could beat Roman Reigns for the championship, but Roman Reigns is still the face of the company. And right. the bottom line is the tag team division has gone through TBD. The fact that Lights, Camera, Faction, and Fresco and Watson won it, they have to, they have to keep it for a while for them to become that face of the company. You know, it has a lot to do with the Mecca. There's times where TBD, when they first started, they didn't get the tag match at Mecca. The title match wasn't on the show. And instead, Death Proof ended up wrestling because they had recently lost the tag titles, but they were the tag team. They were the face of the tag team division at the time. And they got the match. Right. Yeah. Despite the fact that they had lost the titles and Juicy and Toa won the titles, who then lost them to TBD. Well, Toa was kind of gone and Juicy. So TBD was like, okay, we're representing FSW versus Revolver. We're going with the most experienced tag team who had the title and the pecking order gave Death Proof that match. And it's sure. and again, it's nothing personal. And a lot of times, unfortunately, that's how the wrestlers see it. Everything's personal. Oh, you like him over me. And it's like it's what's fitting in at what we need. So, you know, moving forward, that's where we got to go. You know, Fresco and Watson, we're putting together, you know, good chance. Whoever wins TBD versus the Wolves Zaddies would be next in line for the title shot. 
Not to say TBD wasn't deserving of it, because of course they were. But we've also seen that match a few times. And that's the problem when we're not WWE and AEW and they have, you know, eight TV shows a month as well as pay-per-views. When we're running these shows and it's one a month or two a month, you can only see the same people wrestle each other so many times. And that's why you usually don't see a lot of immediate rematches because we're trying to get the fresh matchups. It's like, been there, done that. We've seen that. You know, when dealing with that, it makes it more difficult for fans to be like, oh, great, I'm going to get to see... Uh, Hammerstone and Cross again, or, w- or whatever it was. If we've seen it three times or four times, or you know, whoever it is is the champion, and I have to try to do what's best for my company. Yet, you know, a lot of times the people who lost the title, are like, oh, you know, what about my rematch? And it's like, okay, well, unfortunately, you lost the title. We 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 kind of. We kind of have to expedite things right? instead of, you know, and again, it's the biggest complaint about WWE is you see a title match on the pay-per-view and then they have a rematch the next fucking day. And what's worse right. is the heel's the champion. The heel beats the baby face pretty clean. And then the next day they have to have another rematch where the heel wins again. And it's like, what did the baby face deserve to get another title shot the next day? He just lost yesterday. Let's give somebody else an opportunity. Right. And to me, that's what people want to see on TV. Nobody's seen Sami Zayn and Roman Reigns. And that, and by far, the, the best storyline in wrestling over the past who knows how many years. Right. And it's like, it's kind of a weird situation. It's like Brian Danielson all over again. It's Kofi Kingston all over again. The crowd is so deeply invested in Sami Zayn that I got to admit, I, I changed my opinion on the Cody Rhodes thing. And it's like, Cody was gone. Everything's been built for Roman and Sami Zayn. And it's like, okay, Cody's back. Let's we, Cody's in the match at WrestleMania. And it's almost like Zayn and Reigns is an afterthought. And they just need to get past that so they can focus on what's important. And it's like, I get it. I understand it. The promo with Heyman and Cody Rhodes, fantastic. Okay. And in a perfect world, you'd be able to manifest everything to make it work. But to me, it's like they had two years of this bloodline story coming to fruition. And now it's like, yeah, but hey, we got Roman Reigns and Cody Rhodes. And we might have Roman Reigns and The Rock. And it takes away from really being invested in the Sami Zayn thing. It's like, we haven't even gotten to the conclusion of that, but we're focusing on something else. And, you know, that's kind of like if we had Hammerstone and ice in the cage and we're building up, you know, Kevin Cross is coming back and he's going to wrestle Hammerstone for the anniversary show. And it's like, well then who gives a shit about no escape? Because we're already focusing on this is the big match. The match that you're having next week isn't the big match. 
Well, but that, and, that and that's what's going on with Reigns and Sami Zayn. It's like everything's point. Well, the the question then begs to to be thrown out there, which I think, you know, some fans have taken to this idea of you have two titles, and people are still upset that there is no Raw championship on Raw, essentially. Uh, is that something that they do possibly, and that is? <laughs> Somehow, Sammy wins one of the titles. Uh, how, how does he win one of the titles? He's the universal champion. They made him the universal champion. Is the, is the name of the company Raw, SmackDown, or WWE? I don't, want, I don't yeah. want two champions. That, that, that deflates both championships. So I get what they did, and I thought it was brilliant. You should have... For years, everybody was clamoring for one champion. Now we got one champion, and now everybody's complaining that there's only one champion. And the fact of the matter is, Roman Reigns has been on Raw. The fact of the matter is, Roman Reigns is on SmackDown. He's on SmackDown more. But the majority of times Brock Lesnar defended the title was not on Raw or SmackDown anyway. It was on the fucking pay-per-view. So... What's the difference? So now it's like, oh, okay, we're going to split the belt. And on night one, and it's like, okay, Cody Rhodes won the match at WrestleMania to be against the universal, unified heavyweight champion. So we're going to have Roman Reigns go in with a loss. When he hasn't lost, doesn't that take away from Cody Rhodes beating him because somebody else just beat him? Like, everything makes no sense. Like, the thing with The Rock. Like, okay, Reigns has to wrestle The Rock on night one, and Reigns wins. That way, if he loses on night two, if Reigns loses to Cody on night one and then beats The Rock, who gives a flying fuck? Reigns has to go in the hottest champion of all time or of recent memory, Hulk Hogan was the, you know, that guy. But Roman Reigns can't show up on WrestleMania two the second night after losing on WrestleMania one. And it's a big fucking deal. Roman Reigns losing needs to be the biggest deal in the world. And when Roman Reigns loses, he now loses the entire championship, not one. He loses it because he'd still be the champion. Who cares? It's like in in any world, well, since it was a close game and it went into overtime, well, the Chiefs are only going to be this kind of champion, but we're still going to make sure we consider because there was a bad beat or they didn't get the home game. So we're kind of going to say that the Bengals got screwed because they should have been in the home field too. And now they're they're both going to be the champions. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? It would be like you're out of your mind. And I understand the wrestling business, and it's you know you you earn it, but you're still giving it. So it's like, well, you could just do whatever you want. Well, yeah, you can. Then you do that after WrestleMania. You want to do the brand split. You want to do all that other stuff. Hey, we made an executive decision. Uh, Roman Reigns has not defended the belt on Raw in six months, and the commissioner of Raw, the general manager of Raw, 
has decided to take the belt away. And again, that's great. You take the belt away from Roman Reigns. Now you make Seth Rollins the champion. Who in their right mind believes Seth Rollins is really the champion if he didn't beat Roman Reigns? Right. He's a paper champion. So they put themselves in a bad situation because if this is what they're looking to do or Roman Reigns is going to do Hollywood stuff. And, you know, I've heard he's going to do a very limited schedule for a year, yet I see him on SmackDown almost every other week at least. Right. You know, Hulk Hogan would wrestle house shows and he would never be on TV other than to promote that he was going to be on a house show or he was going to be on the pay-per-view next month. And they set up the angle there. And that's what's made Reigns special, that they haven't hot-shotted the belt. Him, that, look at the U.S. title, Lashley, Theory, oh, this guy, that guy. I couldn't even tell you half the time who these champions are because they hold the belt for two weeks, four weeks, six weeks. It's rotated, it's rotated. It's great that the Usos had the belt, but... Okay, if the Street Profits were the team, they should have won the belts. Right. And I've always felt the champion should go to both companies and be on both shows. Like, you have John Cena, but he's not going to be on Raw. He's only going to be on SmackDown. Well, right. if he's your number one commodity, why wouldn't you want him on both shows? And now Reigns has appeared on both shows to set up storylines, which has allowed Solo Sokoa to wrestle on Raw and wrestle on SmackDown. And the same thing with the Usos. Why wouldn't you want... I I would rather see the Usos on Monday night than Alpha Academy. Yeah. But I can't see the Usos. I have to see Alpha Academy or the Viking Raiders. And I get it. These are the teams on that one. These are the teams on that one. But these are the champs. That means they're your number one team. So if you're the... Focus of the tag team division, you should be on every show. Yeah. Now, are you going to miss a show here and there? Absolutely. But that's like me saying, well, you know, we got a Nevada State champion. We got a no limits champion. So on this pay per view, we're going to use Limelight. But on the next pay per view, we're not going to use Limelight and we're going to use Gregory Sharp because we don't want to have both of them on. Well, why right. wouldn't you want to have your best wrestlers on? And that was the problem with the brand split in the beginning. That right. now you had 60 guys and you can't get over 60 guys. So yeah. now you got 30 guys that are in limbo. And then it's like, oh, where's Karrion Cross been? Oh, yeah, he got a match. Oh, we're going to put him in a mixed tag uh, with Scarlet against Madcap Moss and uh, Emma's back. Who gives a shit? How did that help Cross in any way? Right. Because he's not focused on because they got to try to get 34 guys on television, which you can't do every week. So it spaces it out. Oh, what are we doing with Drew? Eh, Let's put him with Sheamus. But now we're talking about an intercontinental three-way with Sheamus and Drew as singles guys against Gunther. And it's like, oh, wait, I thought they were a tag team. Well, you know, the truth is we really didn't have a lot for them. As, as as singles, because it would, it would take up too much time. It would be two more segments. So we're going to just now put them in a tag team. Well, Sheamus is with the Brawling Brutes, who are the tag team. So usually when you're in a group, one guy's the singles and the other guy's the tag. Right. But the love-hate relationship of Drew McIntyre, I can't even keep up of how many times they broke up. 
and best buds, they hate each other, best buds again, or they hate each other, they're jealous of each other, best buds again, now they're best buds again. And Sheamus doesn't seem to have much to do with the brawling brutes, which of course brings them down. The group was here. Right. Now it's like, oh, okay, well, we need them to lose to these guys, and we're going to push these guys, so they need to lose to the Viking Raiders. And wait, we're going to make Braun Strowman and Ricochet a tag team. And we're going to have the other guys lose the tournament because they, uh, was it Drew and Sheamus? Because they got attacked by somebody, so they dropped out of the tournament. Like, no, what? It was, no, it was, they, the the whole tag tournament made no sense because you put those two together, Braun and uh, Ricochet. But then on the other side of the bracket, you had the established tag teams like the Brutes lose. Uh, like, uh, you know, Imperium lost the match to the, you know, the, the established tag team that should have won the match to go against the Usos lost that match so that Braun and Ricochet can go against the Usos. And we don't even know if number two, if Jay's showing up. I guess the Freebird rules in effect. Now it's going to be <laughs> called the Bloodline rules. And I guess Solo Sokoa could be. You know, our guy Sefa could be the tag champ. Yeah, why not? Like, why? By proxy. Why not? Yeah, you know, I, I, that would work. It's kind of like the faction. I don't know. If, if Fresco or Watson can't make it, I'm assuming Braxton can step in, right? That brings up an interesting question. Could technically, would Braxton have to cash in the case to become one half of the tag team champions? I don't think that would be necessary. But I think, yep. uh, you know, they've, they've worked together. And in wrestling rules, uh, the third member a lot of times, yep. uh, I believe Solo Sokoa uh, last couple weeks ago defended the titles with, with, with Jimmy. Well, it was, it was one of the uh, shows. And, and then they had uh, on TV, they had the storyline where Sami Zayn took over in the middle of the match. There you go. <laughs> So, my thinking is, wouldn't it be interesting if Jimmy comes out with Solo and Sammy comes out with Jay, and now there's a fight on who the tag team champions are. So, then they have to do a ladder match with both belts. And then, and then Sammy have- and Solo Sokoa both grab a belt and it makes them the tag champ. Who needs Kevin Owens in this situation? You know, and that's... So here's an interesting thought. I love the idea of putting the tag belts up for a ladder match. I've always wanted to do that and put, like, a random MVP, Matt Hardy, uh, don't-get-along tag team as champions. Like, having a feud, and it's TBD against a faction, and now Hero Lou and... Watson or the tag champs. Yeah. Um, but in WWE's case, now you also set up a potential, and that is what if one of the guys grabs a blue belt and the other team guy grabs a red belt? There you have it. Now they can split the championships. Split the championships. There you go. Booking but 101. If you, saw, if you saw, this is what they did. With the Usos, when they defend the belts on SmackDown, they're only defending the SmackDown belts. 
Right. And now when they defend on Raw, they're only defending the Raw belts. So now right. you can take that off of them. Right. Now my question becomes, is the pay-per-view the only time that both titles are on the line? Or, yeah, or have we just not paid enough attention to realize that only one of the two titles was on the line? Because that also happens, too, where it's like, wait, they did what? Oh, okay. All right. I get it. <laughs> I'm under the impression uh, the, belt, the, the the universal tag belts have always been on the line until SmackDown airs. Right. Today. right. Yeah. So we'll yeah, see. That's that'll right. be it's like so is is you know is Braun Strowman and Ricochet uh going to win the SmackDown belts? And then Braun Strowman's 12-year-old partner, who's now 15, comes in and lays out Ricochet. I don't know. <laughs> Wait, I, I thought Ricochet was the 15-year-old. It's possible. Yes, it's definitely possible. <laughs> um, any other uh, final uh, thoughts on uh, what's going on uh, tonight at FS? Final thoughts? We're over already? <laughs> well, wow, you must be in a rush. <laughs> We're uh, we're at the uh, we're almost in an hour in, um, but but I want to get you know is there what else is going on uh, on the card tonight? Yeah, you know, let's talk about the uh, ground. Are, are you trying to downplay Ground Zero Ice Age? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. And and you know before ice even gets a whiff of that no it's a celebration of the faction it's and a celebration of life of ice of ice exactly you know we have uh, a women's match Rochelle Riveter against uh one of our rookie female competitors who's looked very very good in the few opportunities Tanaya gets to appear on a high octane uh, Devin Reno and Jordan Cruz, you know, the Ooh. class and, and, and Devin Reno uh, have been recruiting, recruiting uh, Jordan Cruz, uh, even helped assist him in a victory against Primo Henio. And yeah. we also saw Devin Reno cost Remy Marcel his match at no escape against class who made his return. So that's an interesting matchup. We talked about the four way which is a very important win for one of those four guys in, in lines of trying to solidify title matches moving forward for, you know, for the new champions that, uh, you know, two out of the three singles champions are brand new and the tag. So, you know, three title changes. Then we have uh, going on, the main event's going to be uh, Chris Bay. To acknowledge that, uh, the Battle Royal, where the winner is going to wrestle Gregory Sharp. So that will be uh, the, the one title uh, that's going to be on the line. And, you know, I, I'm sure I'm missing a match somewhere. And, you know, that old age is set in. So I am going to scroll down since, you know, 
Spider hits me up every five minutes like, hey, what's going on this match? What are we doing next? Have you... Dude, it's like I told you, I'll tell you tomorrow. It's like I, I do have other things in, in, instead of just putting the order of uh, the matches for tomorrow. And, of course, you know, the good old Facebook do you ever notice that, like Facebook, when you're trying to scroll, it just freezes up all the time? You ever have yeah, those issues? I've had those issues, yeah. Yeah. Like I'm trying it's... to go up and it, it just stops, you know? So let's see. Who's the ref? We got the ring announcer. Sean T will be there. Uh, I'm trying to see the order. Yeah, Rochelle and Tanaya, Devin Reno and Jordan Cruz. Let's see what he has that I may have missed. Uh, the four-way. Oh, Tito and Shea versus TBD, which we already mentioned. Yeah, I knew that's right. I knew we were we were missing a match, even though we did talk about that match. So yeah. I'm excited to see that. You know, I always like to call it the Battle of the Bruiser Weights, and we do a four-way. Now we're doing a Battle of the Bruiser Weights uh, tag team match. And, yeah. you know, Tito is on the hottest streak of his career. He's coming off a victory at the Mecca against Rhino. Uh, yeah. Before that, he was in Japan uh, wrestling guys like Okada and Suzuki. So, <clears throat> you know, Tito has really exploded. Che Cabrera been part of New Japan Strong uh, yeah. recently. Unfortunately, they kind of stop doing what they were doing, which is unfortunate for, you know, a bunch of our guys. Uh, I saw their, the New Japan School uh, is going to be run by Kushida. And another one of our friends, Bateman, is going to be the beginner's class trainer over there. So, you know, we better focus on getting Bateman back here pretty soon. You know, obviously, Mech's coming up, and he's definitely a guy who's always been on our radar. So, you know, sky's the limit on on the talent, you know. And I guess it's a good problem to have. It's better than like, ugh, we're going to put in this match. It's like, fuck. You know, we don't have anybody good. It's like, no, we got too many people. It's like we already got March 4th kind of, uh, you know, put in. Danny Limelight will be there the 4th. Juicy will be there the 4th. And mixed in with, you know, Ice Williams. You know, the idea is he will wrestle on that show. You know, we're going to let him sit back, relax. And, you know, try to focus on uh, having a good time. You know, hopefully there won't be too many streamers and popping bottles. And, you know, you know, maybe 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 I should be bringing the Dre's crew with him. So make sure you check it out. Ground Zero Ice Age begins. There we go. And, and you can catch it on the FS Network, uh, $6.99 a month. Uh, you know, catch that, or and, you could get uh, it for a year and get it even cheaper. Yeah, half off. Oof, look at that, half off. Joe, half what, off. What's going on? What are you I doing? Hope that's coming out of Ben's. I hope that's coming out of Ben's cut. What the fuck? <laughs> um, yeah, that's that's a way to catch it. But of course, FSW Arena uh, show starts at seven p.m. Correct? Seven p.m. So that's Pacific so, time. But get there early. The uh, the pre-show match, which actually has a lot of meaning. 
you know, starting at 645. And if you want to see, you know, Brandon G and uh, no longer ref AJ will both be uh, in the battle royal at the same time. So it's going to yeah. be interesting to see. Yeah, we got a little uh, we got a little blood feud uh, going on there too. So yeah, you um, know, Oliver Kennedy returns. Nice. Yeah, there's there, you know that's the amazing thing is that you look at those names of the young talent, and you, you just kind of you got to shake your head and go, you know, that's what you're seeing in that battle royal now is your heap of your main roster three years from now it's just crazy you know how that works where these young guys you know after two three four years become the core of of the company which is you know a spectacular thing to see as the other guys you know graduate on like jay vardell did to places like impact or you know nxt with zoe and it's just fun to see the uh, the growth and um, also what you guys are coming up with. I guess the the final big thing to uh, to uh, ask you about is um, what Ray is Mysterio the, coming to the school? That yeah, well that apparently happened. So you got right? two things. That, that's yeah. a big deal. Chris Bay, my my guy Disco, and Ray Mysterio. The rumor I heard was Ray Mysterio, who lives in Vegas. Right. is looking for somebody to possibly take out Dominic and someone he could call his real son. The son uh, he always wanted. Oh, wait. Heyman, Heyman pulled that one on the Dusty. Great line, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, Ray Mysterio was down there uh, rolling around a little bit uh, before his big four-way match that includes carrying Cross. It's going to be interesting yeah. to see. You got Santos Escobar. Carrying Cross, Rey Mysterio, and Madcap Moss. So I guess it's back to Madcap. Now, the yeah. winner gets a shot at the number one contender to be wrestling Gunther. And if the rumors are true about Rey and Dominic at WrestleMania, man, if Cross does not win this match, boy, I, 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 I would be, I, I'd be at a loss for words. Because I have no idea what's going on there. Yeah, it's an interesting thing. Because if you look at that, I mean, I don't see Madcap, right? I mean, Madcap Gunther, does that... Madcap's already right? gotten beat by Cross yeah. in singles and in the mixed tag. Yeah. Santos Escobar I like, but they haven't really pushed him to the levels of anybody sees him as a threat to right. Gunther. But then you hear about Gunther and uh, Drew McIntyre and Sheamus, which it couldn't be the worst thing if it was a four-way with, with Cross in there. Right. Because that benefits Gunther because you assume Drew and Sheamus might work together to take out Gunther. So, yeah. you know, right now, to me, that looks like the only way in for Cross to be on WrestleMania. Sure. Which is which is crazy being with that when he re-debuted, you know, he was placed in, in a top spot to where it looked like that he was a guy that might be uh in line for an opportunity with Reigns. Right. Yeah, we'll we'll see what they're thinking with that. And 
you know, the other uh, big question for you is, uh, Silverton, what is going on? I'll tell you, man, you know, when I want to do business, I want to do business. I want to get things done. So after I, you know, discussed here what we were talking about and stuff, I received an email back and the email back was extremely positive uh, because, you know, pricing wise, it was a little bit more than we wanted to pay. We were trying to work on numbers. He was like, listen, I can do this amount for three dates. And I'm like, fucking sign it up. You know, that was probably last Friday. Okay. We taped this on Thursday. So six days ago, I get the message. And we had discussed, but they were charging a processing fee, which was their way of getting the money back, not off the top, but off the back end. So on every ticket, they were going to charge the processing fee, which is okay, whatever. You know, if we're going to charge 50 bucks for tickets, we'll charge 45 and then they can get the 450. Not going to kill us. We want to get into the room. But I had to verify certain things on the comp tickets that we give to the vet ticks. I had to, you know, uh, when our wrestlers bring their significant others, we're not going to charge them. So I'm not going to give out 100 vet ticks. And now pay $4.50 a head on a comp ticket. So I'm just trying to verify in the previous conversation that it was discussed. I just wanted it verified. And now I've called and I'm not getting responses. And it's like the show is in six weeks. We want to get the flyer done because Impact's out here in two more weeks. So we want to go into Samstown because we're able to. We're setting up the ring. We're going to be in there. We can hand out flyers to everybody that are going to see guys like John Morrison and Sam Adonis and Chris Bay and talent from different companies all around the world that people may be like, oh, shit, John Morrison's on the show. I want to come. Oh, I like Impact. I love Chris Bay. Oh, these guys are coming. You know, we're talking, uh, you know, guys that have been there before, uh, Davey Richards, uh, the Rascals, whatever it is. And it's like, we can't order the flyers and not have a venue on it. And it's like, I've agreed to the terms, but you haven't given me an email back. It's like, okay, I've already learned from dealing with diversion that an agreement doesn't mean fucking shit until the contract's actually signed. So let's get the contract signed. You gave me the terms. I'm agreeing to the terms. Let's go. You know, and, you know, you can only call and get, I'm not going to leave 50 messages, but I'm going to send an email. Hey, we're good. You know, I sent that immediately. You know, I called. I left a message. And it's like, it's Super Bowl week. How would somebody not be in the office? I would assume they got events going on all through the weekend. So wouldn't he maybe have to people have to talk to somebody? You know, I'm not trying to be a dick about it. But I want to get my business done. Like, yeah. I I hate when somebody says I'll be there at 3 and I got to wait around for them to 325. I hate when I tell somebody I'll be there at 3 and for whatever reason, and it's usually not because of me, that I'm late. I feel that's right. extremely unprofessional and not a good way to do business. And it's like right. three dates. Boom. March 26th the anniversary show and whichever date we want to go forward, 
you know, the May May dates would still be at the Silver Nugget. We're not going anywhere. We're just spreading things out and yeah. trying to lock up these venues. Some people, hey, I love coming to Silverton. It's way closer. It's way closer. Hey, I miss that place. We had great we had good times there. We had great shows there. So yeah. that's where that's where we lie at the moment. You know, same thing. I got to meet with the Silver Nugget this week. Like, hey, I need pricing for the uh, full tilt AEW weekend shows we want to do. GCW's already inquired. Talked with uh, Ed in San Antonio, Defy, Booker T, Black Label, whatever. We want to do a bunch of shows on the Friday and Saturday. We want to do an FSW GCW show the Sunday afternoon like we did at SummerSlam at noon, which was a huge success because the pay-per-view starts at five. So, right. you know, we do a nice two hour, two hour, 15 minute show. It's two 30. You got plenty of time and you won't miss the uh, pre-show at four o'clock, you know? Right. And it's like, I got a lot to do and I want to do it. So it's really annoying and frustrating when you have to sit here and you can't do something that you're trying to do because you're waiting on somebody who's already said yes, but now we're still on. Why are we waiting? Did somebody on the upper end say, well, I'm not really sure about it. Well, I kind of need to know this. Maybe I need to come in and explain what we did because the last conversation we had is what put it over the top because of the situation in the past. They didn't have a lot of stuff on the records for some weird reason. You know, and it was like, oh, you know, we're going to look up how you did. And it was like, great, because the last show we did, Alberto Del Rio was there. And we had no escape there. And we had cage matches. And guess what? We had a packed fucking house. So we want you to look at those numbers to see the value that we bring there. And he was talking about the lady we deal with, Jacqueline. She didn't work there anymore. She didn't work there for years. Oh, you know, we wanted to hit her up and blah, blah. Great. Hit her up. She's the one we signed the agreement. And when we we signed the agreement with her, we were there for three years. So obviously everybody liked what we were doing. Right. And the person I'm dealing with now, thankfully, was also he wasn't part of the entertainment crew, but he worked there. And he even said he was at that last show. So he knows what we bring to the table. So it was him trying to. But now he got the information from me that this is what we did. And this is how many people and and this is what we could bring to the table. And it was a extremely positive conversation within three days. We got the okay at that point, but it's like, let's go, man. It's like, we need, you know, before you know it, it's like, oh shit, you forget it's February. You know, we're in the second week of February. That show is in six weeks. Yeah. (laughs) You know, we need to lock it up because now it's a different ticketing process that we have to deal with, with our fans who are usually buying them through us. Well, now there's LETs, and now there's the the processing fee, and now we got to figure out what the prices are and who we're going to get for the meet and greet and how we're going to work all that because, you know, one of the things it said was online sales uh, only, no no cash sales. Well, I got to make sure, like in every single show in Vegas, you can walk up to the box office the day of the show and buy a ticket. You know, don't be like, oh, everybody has to buy them in advance because that – would now stop us from running the show there. So we need this information. <laughs> yeah. And it's and it's not, hey, we need to sit down and this is going to take four hours. It's like, I need 10 minutes of your time. 
And you need yeah. to explain to me, hey, this is how the comp tickets work. Uh, do people have to buy the tickets at the box office? Am I getting consignment tickets? So a consignment ticket means I pay for the ticket. I pay right. for it later. So when the box office money comes in, then we add everything up. And then if there's money for me to give, I give you. Or if there's the other way, you give me. Okay. Right. So I need 100 consignment tickets. So now when our fans buy tickets, they buy it through PayPal and they come to the show. Here you go. Here's your ticket. Instead of them having to go to the box office or having to deal with the Silverton and all that stuff. I try to make it easier in that right. in that pace. Because if WWE's in town March 24th, Impact's in right. town in February. In the past, when we were inside Samstown, I would sell tickets. So now I can't sell a ticket if they only can go through there. So I right. have to at least, and if that's the case, I understand, but I need to know this before yeah. we move forward on how we're going to work it. In right. terms of because it would be easy if they just use Ticketmaster, but they don't. They have their own ticketing system. And if it's right. the same one they used for the very last show we did, it fucking sucked. Like they were just trying to get their money, the ticketing company. Because yeah. I remember on the comp tickets, they were still trying to sell the LETs. And it's like, well, 9% of zero is still fucking zero. <laughs> so if they're trying to get a processing fee on a ticket being printed, that's a comp ticket then that 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 isn't feasible so right. again it, it it it's not a big deal but it is if this is if they want to say hey we're gonna have to pay five bucks on every ticket printed it's like so the wife the, the wife of a wrestler who's not paying for ticket i gotta pay five dollars for them to come in yeah. <laughs> you know what i mean it's like wow yeah. you do know if a hundred more people come in on a free ticket I'm not getting anything on the free ticket. You are because they're hopefully buying drinks and going into your casino. Right. So you could stop me from doing that. And now, okay, well, the vet ticks who appreciate the tickets and all that stuff won't be there. Like, yeah. you know, but that's the decision that has to be made at that point. So it's like, just get back in touch with me. It takes 10 minutes. So hopefully by next week, you know, the deal's done because I need to order the flyers by next week. Right. Yeah. You know, it's... if I say location TBD, maybe they're going to they're going to call up Shogun and Hero and ask if they know. Or, or it's going to be at uh, one of their houses. So uh, could be a, a, the know, literal house. Big backyard. You never know. Yeah. You know, they could have a big backyard. Are, are we going to see another DeFalco uh, backyard show? Uh, I don't think we've ever seen one. We only had Ooh. we only had wrestling training there. Just the training. So, so you technically could throw a a very exclusive, yes. pricey wrestling show in your backyard. Uh, we could we could we, we could bring the trampolines out and they could do like quadruple flips into the pool. You know, that's all right. It probably wouldn't last long because. My idiot neighbor would probably call the cops on us. So, <laughs> uh, well, hoping that we know uh, this coming week what's going on with Silverton. Uh, hopefully, the contract's all signed and everything's good to go, and the promotion can start. But uh, until then, uh, 
you know, if uh, if you're a listener and you happen to be in the area of Silverton, yeah, stop in and just inquire, hey, is FFW tickets uh, available? Yeah, give, give them a call. Say, hey, I heard FSW is coming March 26th. Do you have any information on it? You know, if that can't yep. hurt. You know, it makes them say, oh, shit, maybe we should, like, fucking answer their email. Yeah. So uh, feel free to do that because that that will help. It will put a little uh, a little uh, attention onto the fact that uh, people want to go to this event. So a little kick uh, in the ass, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, we've covered the Super Bowl. We've covered Mysterio. We've covered Silverton. We've covered the Ice Age here uh, tonight. Uh, any other final thoughts, Joe? Now we got a big show. You know, make sure you check it out. The Ice Age begins uh, after No Escape. We got some, you know, working on uh, hopefully some new feuds and new things that uh, uh, hopefully will be enjoyable for our fans. And then we got Mecca coming up March 26th. Uh, before that, we have another high octane type show March 4th, a Future Shark March 10th. So, you know, we're staying busy. There we go. And uh, again, keep your eyes peeled uh, on the FSW social media. Um, you know, get your tickets for tonight's show if you haven't. And, um, and then uh, just keep a watchful eye for uh, the upcoming events, especially if those Mecca uh, tickets go on sale. You're going to want to get those fairly quick because there's probably going to be a huge demand uh, for those ticket sales. So... Uh, keep that in mind. And again, FSW Network, you can check out for $6.99 a month. Or, apparently, uh, Ben has said it where you can uh, get the whole year for half price. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I think it's 38 bucks. Oh, look at that. Oh, jeez. Look at that. So, uh, it's good, good investment to check it out. And you get to see, you know, pretty much everything uh, at some point. And, uh, the whole uh, catalog so check it out uh thank you all for tuning in and until next week everyone have a great day